Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I'm Tammy. I'm Michelle. I'm Gracie. And a hug is a gesture intended to convey a sense of care and support, safety, intimacy, and affection. And even though we can't wrap our arms around you, we want you to consider yourself hugged. Hey there, friend. Another post-production message from Tammy coming to you. And if you haven't listened to the last episode, um, first of all, it sounds weird. This this sound does because I'm in the car with my husband going out west. We're going out to for him to take pictures of wild horses and mountains and lakes. So that's why the weird sound. If you have not listened to the last episode on your mental health quotient, go back and do that so that this one will make more sense and take the survey, take the assessment, because we're diving in deep on this episode and the next. So again, you're going to hear the awkward ending, but you're used to that for us. We just, we just didn't know where we were going to do our breaks. So now we are jumping into part two and we're actually into the, one of the subcategories. So go back and listen if you haven't. Let me just tell everybody what the categories are, and then we'll just, we'll do what we said earlier. So there's Mood and outlook. There's six. Mood and outlook, social self, drive and motivation, cognition, adaptability and resilience, and mind-body connection. So those are the six. And Michelle, did you have one? Like Gracie talked about her, you know, her category that was pulling um, her down. Did you have one that was? My highest was 153 and my lowest was 140. Okay. Oh, so you're pretty steady across the board. Cool. Yeah. So Michelle is um, taking over the whole show. And, um, (laughs) you know, I'm just messing with you. (laughs) I know. Well, I was thinking like you were like, you know, you started therapy a month ago. I mean, I've I've talked before about how like I've had a therapist. (laughs) I mean, like I don't like always go once a month, twice a month if there's nothing going on. But I have someone who knows, she knows she's my therapist. And if I've got something going on, I call her up and get an appointment. That's been for years. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, you know, we, I was somewhat surprised because there's a lot of things that I marked in. Like I've done um, an, an antidepressant for several years. We had talked about that previously as, as well. Like depression runs terribly in my family and, you know, when I got to a point where I'm just kind of jumping in and talking about mood, which is the first category. Well, let's but, talk about mood. That was my lowest score. So, well, so like I, and again, I know like with family history, I just kind of knew one day that that would probably be a thing. Like I'd used exercise, I used therapy, I, you know, a lot of different things social wise. But at the end of the day, I kind of thought probably eventually, and I always thought in my head when it's affecting my functionality, then I'll consider medicine. And, and, um, you know, the reality is it got to a point where it wasn't affecting my functionality, but I felt bad. And so it's like, why, why would I want to feel like this all the time? I mean, it really, I was sitting in, I've told Tammy this story. I was sitting in the line at Dunkin' Donuts, which, you know, I have a huge sweet tooth, but generally try (laughs) to eat pretty healthy. I'm sitting in the line at Dunkin' Donuts and I'm just, I I see no future for myself. I see no hope. And, and then. But you're functioning. 
I'm, I'm functioning and I logically knew these thoughts are not my thoughts. This is not me. I don't believe these things, but they are affecting how I feel. And I think that's something sometimes people don't get about clinical depression is you can think positive thoughts all day long, but it, it doesn't always, it's not going to change the feeling or the mood when you're talking about clinical depression. And so wow. that's kind of when I, you know, started an, an antidepressant. I mean, so again, like that score is with a lot of help. I mean, that's not me just, you know, being positive. It's a, with a lot of help in, in all the categories. There's a lot of help in all the categories. So I, I didn't know you were going to share that. And I'm so happy that you did because it allows me to tell if it's okay with you, how you changed my, like I, I was in therapy for a lot of years as well. And then I just wasn't. And is it okay to say Michelle and I, at one point years ago, we had the same therapist. Yes. No, no, no. I'm completely good with that. Yeah. We had the same therapist, but um, I don't know, maybe a month or so during COVID, I've talked about this a million times. I went back on um, for anxiety. Mine is not depression, really. It's more anxiety. So all the things that happened during COVID went back on the medication. It helped me tremendously. Um, and then when everything sort of smoothed out, my thought has always been, well, my my anxiety is more situational. I don't think that I need to be on medication all the time when it's situational. So I went off. Well, I just you know, things were getting worse and worse and worse. And I had, you know, contacted a therapist. I was trying different things. And I called Michelle, I don't know, a month ago, maybe. And I was just crying. I was like, I, I don't know what to do. And I was just, and she, she asked me, she said, well, can I just ask you, why would you not take the medication that helped you? And she shared that story with me about, how she was waiting until she was non-functional. And I, cause I've told her that it helped last time. It helped tremendously last time. And so it just it helped me so much to have that support. And that's why for all of you who are watching and listening and for us to have that, you know, this is your personal choice. This is between you and whether it's God, your family, your practitioner, your th- it's between but have that support system in place of people who who will encourage you to take care of yourself, whatever that means. So that was just huge for me. So thank you for that. And my score, and then Gracie will come to you. My score was 77. And, and I, are you okay if I go ahead and read this? So everybody knows more about what we're talking about. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I jumped ahead. No, no, you did not. But so the first subcategory is your mood and outlook. And so I'm just going to quickly read you the description. This represents your ability to manage and regulate your emotions effectively and your ability to have a constructive or optimistic outlook for the future. Conversely, it can encompass feelings like fear, anxiety with hand up, anger, irritability, guilt, and sadness. Um, Severely distressed forms of emotional function include uncontrollable crying, night terror, severe temper out bursts, extreme phobias, uncontrollable panic attacks, traumatic flashbacks, mania, or suicidal intentions. And as always, you know, remember if this is something you need help with, you know, reach out to someone. So this, this mine was 77 Yours was hundred and what was yours, Michelle? Remood 153. 153. 
And so it was, it was hard for me to see that, but, you know, I have to tell you this real quick too. And then my, my therapist. So I know it's this voice in my head in part, when I have like a speaking gig coming up back to the student teaching, when she said, you have no initiative and you don't belong here. And so my therapist said, okay, so when did that happen? And I said, around 92, she's like, so like 32 years. And I said, yeah, she goes, you should probably stop that. (laughs) (laughs) I I probably should. Oh, that I probably should. But I mean, she's, you know, she's being fun. I was like, oh, that's great advice. But, But what she told me is to have, I might invite you all virtually or Michelle, you're here. She told me to have a, I don't remember what she called it, but a paper party where I wrote, because things happen during childhood too. People said to write every bad thing somebody said on a piece of paper, get together with my friends, maybe have some wine, and then we will read them out loud and burn them. And I was like, that sounds like so much fun. It does. I know. So stay tuned. So that's mood and outlook. Gracie, to you. Okay. So mine was 114. I mean, good. <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding. And 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 this is one that again it's kind of like okay, if I took this years ago, it probably would have been digital. If I took this when I was a teenager, but I was actively suicidal. So mm. that was Michelle, you were talking about the voices and this isn't this isn't who I am. That was who I was. And so it didn't occur to me to get I mean, I was, you know, teenager, young adult. I didn't occur to me to get therapy and medication and stuff like that because that's who I am. That that's how life is. And I realized on some part that that wasn't life for everybody else, but that, that Mm -hmm. was life Mm -hmm. for me. So it was so normalized. And so to be able to look back on that with this current score, it's like, okay, so what have I done? Cause you're right. It doesn't happen by accident. It's not like I grew out of it. And so to be able to look at, okay, this is, this is real. Here's a number. And how did I get to this number? I did something that completely changed my reality. And I know, I mean, because this is, again, this is what I teach and share with others, but that was a kind of cool insight. I love hearing you both talk about your number and that it wasn't an accident and what you've done in your lives. Um, Can you think of, like, I have on on the sapien labs website i'm going to post the i'll put the pdfs in there they're a little bit wonky the way that they saved so they cut off some sentences but they have a section called mental log i guess it's like a blog kind of thing and so i went and pulled up just a little bit about each one of these with some tips and things so i'll put them in there but considering some of the choices you all made i have a, a few that are on here can you can you cite any of those things from mood and outlook, like you know your your ability to regulate your emotions and having an optimistic outlook for the future? Well, I want to piggyback on what both of you said about medication. So when I went on antidepressants for the first time at the age of thirty, um, you know the difference was huge, and it also I, and I've been in therapy and doing work. I was I got my master's in counseling, you know the whole shebang. <laughs> So I've been doing a whole lot of work, but really it was a significant jump in terms of what else could be normal for me. That having that that good day where I actually felt an elevated mood and stuff like that, and that was the exception before, now that, that was the standard. And so it allowed me to, when I wasn't like that, to say, okay, 
something's going on. What is it? And it might not be something specific, like I was interacting with somebody I didn't like or whatever, but something was going on. And so being able to sit in it and say, okay, this doesn't have to be the way it is. And to explore, ask myself the questions, get the insight, ask for feedback, whether it was from my AA sponsor or my therapist or my colleagues. Hey, what do you see is going on with me? And to be vulnerable like that, which also enhances it because when you have those safe connections with other people, you feel safe, Mm. you know? So you talked, you talked about that last time when we were talking about the ACEs, you talked about having, um, I think you called it safe connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think intimacy. Yeah. yeah. And that that's huge. You know, in fact, what you said about kind of made me mad as I was thinking about how, because resi- I am not anti-medication. That's the crazy thing. But there was something that was just being very, very resistant. And I was just like, I it, it's what you said. Like, I, I want to have more good days and bad days. And I don't want, I don't want to feel like it's, anybody's judgment call to make, you know, except mine, but that's exactly what you said. So you did, you did a lot. You're talking about your, your meetings and medication and figuring things out and self-awareness. And um, what about you, Michelle? And so just to kind of piggyback off of um, what Gracie said, I, I definitely think that the medication is not like a pro medication show, but like the, um, the medication helped me also to be able to identify okay like I'm not having a great day what's going on and it lets you get out of that spiral it lets I mean and so like again when somebody says well you're having a bad day you're depressed just think happy thoughts um it gives you more of that or for me I'll only speak for me it gave me more of that capability I think and I think that um just I mean that really affects everything if you think about it it affects confidence mm-hmm. I mean it affects um motivation um you mean I the think, the mood and outlook the mood and outlook yeah it it I mean because outlook wise you know I I feel like probably like from my mother she really instilled in me and my sister that we could accomplish anything we wanted Aww. And that has been powerful for Outlook. Um, because I didn't even, know that about your mom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and even, and she, you know, we talked before about she had a really difficult life, but um, she overcame a lot. And so, you know, like having that outlook of I can do this, like I can, if, if that's what I want, that I can come up with a plan and make that happen. Um, and it was kind of a gift because I didn't even realize growing up that there was another way to think that was just the way she thought. And that was the way we were going to think. So I feel like that, that was powerful. That's really powerful to say, you know, I didn't know there was another way to think in a really positive way. That's great. Yeah. You just, you made stuff happen. It wasn't an option not to. Well, you know, and I was looking at some of the choices too and thinking about this category and I was thinking, gosh, I was kind of sad that I had a low category and like optimistic outlook, but some of the questions really did revolve around like your thoughts, which are the things that I'm struggling with. And so I'm doing, you know, and Michelle, you've always said too, and my counselor is saying, you know, the medication is just part of your toolbox. And so there's, there's other things we have to do too. So 
I'm trying those things. And I just want to just a few that were in the article here on mood and outlook, things you might have have thought about or not. Um, Trying new activities, uh, reviving old interests and hobbies, changing your physical setting, even if it's just taking a walk once a day. (laughs) I'm pointing at Gracie to say um, and then there was that they had a lot. In fact, Michelle, you said how this underpins everything. And there were two big articles related to mood and outlook. So it makes sense. We spend a lot of time on this one. And, and you can read these articles in more detail. There's just so much here, way more than we can do in our session. But I love this. Notice and label your emotions. And it's part of being human. Allow yourself to feel them and validate your experience. Separate your thoughts from your feelings. Think in grays rather than in black and white. So if someone is frustrating you, you you might also recognize they also have traits that you appreciate and value. I love this one. Be your own cheerleader rather than your own bully. So I'm going to work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look for the positive in difficult scenarios and, and practice gratitude. So all of those things are some of them you know, you've probably heard of, but it's always good to have that reminder. There's just so much that goes with it. So that's mood and outlook. Um, any thoughts about that? Well, Mova, this may be a three episode thing, but that's, that's okay. Um, I just love talking to you all so much, by the way, I just finished, um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. We talked about her podcast wiser. Um, I haven't listened to all of them and I'm just going to be honest a couple of them, I didn't know who the women were. And one of them was kind of, even though they're, they're all famous in some way, but it could have been like in the arts or, you know, literature. And like one of them was a little negative and I was like, I don't know, but Carol Burnett was her final one of the season. Oh, fun. She's 90. She's 90. I've only listened to the first two. So I need to, to, catch up but I feel like that podcast has such a positive outlook on aging yes that um and I feel like that is just in in especially in the United States it is difficult like for them to have a positive outlook on on aging just our culture and I I feel like it, it is a powerful podcast when it comes to the positives in that regard so I do too. Positivity in that area. Check it out. I do want to, I do want to remind you though, if you choose to listen, the F word flies. So if you're easily offended by language, then just, if you can overlook it because it's just, you know, they talk about sex and things like that. So yeah. Yeah, they do. That's true. Yeah. And sometimes in little ways it can make you go, oh, (laughs) but it's still (laughs) worth it. It's still worth it. Okay, so now let's talk about the second category, which is your social self. Um, so who wants to talk first on this one? Oh, oh, wait, let me read it first. We got a little off track on. Okay, so your social self represents how you interact with, relate to, and see yourself with respect to others. It includes factors like confidence, communication skills, self-worth, body image, speaking of aging, Empathy and relationship building. Your social self underpins your ability to see yourself positively, successfully function in a social world, and form meaningful social connections. Distress forms of social functioning include excessive, unprovoked aggression, 
a strong sense of being detached from reality or suicidal intentions. So of course, you know, if you're on that negative end to definitely, you know, seek some help. So let's talk about this one. And you will see overlap, by the way, you know, you'll see a lot of overlap, but they each have their own, a little bit of their own little niche. So who wants to talk about this? I will go first. Okay. So this was my lowest score. It was 140. Um, I think that the the things that kind of brought it down to um, 140 was more the things about like detaching, because that's one of the things I definitely know about myself. It kind of comes up with the, the trauma. If I start feeling really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I can disconnect from a situation and I'm aware of that and I have to really kind of stay on top of it, but even like a little bit of depersonalization, which are you familiar? I'm sure Gracie's you. And so depersonalization in the sense that like there are just times and there, you know, I've, I've somewhat identified situations where that happens to try to avoid it, but there are times when the situation feels very unreal and, you know, and I just go on my day, like, like any other day, but there are some things like that, that are generally like trauma responses related to that. And so I think that's probably what it, and, and I'm not super outgoing. I'm not super social. As you know, I have a core group of really good friends, but it's not a large group and that's kind of like me and my personality. So, yeah. So I think that as well. So there wasn't anything about it that stood out that, made you think, oh, that's not good. Or it's just the the things that brought your score down are not necessarily affecting you. It's just part of who you are. Well, I sometimes wonder if like, if the small circle has somewhat to do with trust and like, maybe, you know, I could um, kind of work on that to enlarge that some. Do you so want to enlarge that? Well, no, but should I want to? Maybe I should, you know. <laughs> Are you happy with the circle that you have? Well, yes, yes. I I, I love you yes. all. <laughs> yes, yes. But like at the same time, like I think life is about people and relationships. True. And, and so in that regard, maybe I'm missing out by not having a larger circle. So that definitely was thought-provoking, gave me something to think about in that regard. Hmm. Interesting. We'll revisit this during our next time together, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, she, I mean, you know, we've known each other for a long time and Michelle and Gracie are very like, you know, opposite ends of that spectrum. Oh, you're sure. muted. <laughs> oh, there you are. I thought you were muted, Gracie. So. Uh, yeah, I'm on the other end of the continuum in terms of extroversion. Yeah. I mean, like, Tammy, how long have we been friends? Like, we've been friends for how many years? Like, this is just kind of my free, like, I get a friend and I just stay. Yeah, A long time. Yeah. But you're a lot more, I I believe that you're more, I don't know if outgoing is the word, than than you were oh, when yeah. we first met. Oh, definitely. Well, it would be hard not to be more outgoing than I was when we first <laughs> met. Well, you were going the through a lot was more outgoing than I was oh. when we first met. And you were going through a lot and we were confined to our classrooms yes. with all of our students. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Gracie, what about you? Okay. So this was my highest score. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yes. 155. And it just, it, I was just thinking about how, um, so my boss's boss, the owner of, the company that I work for 
at one point a few months ago, they were trying to find a provider in a certain area and we're looking through it and we can't find it just, and he's like, well, why don't you ask Gracie? She knows people all over the place. And when she knows, there is shooting. I knew somebody in the middle of Montana. <laughs> of course she did. I'd gone to school with that. Yeah. So this, this really is. But interestingly, if you ask people from when I was little, they'll say that I was not social, that I was an introvert. Wow. And, and it, it, it was, that's not who I am, but I, so I've been sitting here thinking, I cannot remember a single time in my life that I ever asked my parents for advice. Not once ever. It just, wow. you just did. As a matter of fact, I, yeah, I, I had a social situation that was really, really painful to me. And I, and I told, actually I was crying and my mom's like, what's going on? And I told her and her response is, well, you should have known better. Oh, I was in, I was in fourth grade. I mean, how do I know how to navigate social intimacies? And you, you remember know? that from oh, that yeah. long ago. Yeah, it really stands out. And so it's not that I was an introvert. It's just, I had never been encouraged, supported, allowed to been safe to, to connect with other people. Everybody that I was connected with is because we were related, right? They were, their family. So, you know, here are all your cousins, which by the way, I haven't spoken to any of my cousins in 15 years. And it's not because I don't like them or whatever else. It's just the relationship we had was based on we're related to each other. That was it. So what, what do you think brought you to this point then? And you're going, going away to college, first of all, and actually having the, the relationships, having amazing faculty advisors, just absolutely amazing. And then, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't until you went away to college where you think you really began to develop your sense of social self. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 And, um, then I just, I've had just phenomenal mentors and, and everything else like that along the line, along the way. And I'm also being able to connect it where in the, the, the fact that I have ADHD, that didn't help either because when I would get excited about stuff, I'd freak people out. So now when I get excited about stuff, I'm able to channel it. And it's one of my strengths. It's my superpower. That's so I can see that. I'm sorry, not that you freak me out, but you do, you get really excited. So I do. And can you yeah, imagine it in did. third grade? <laughs> you know, so I was able to get the, you know, part of his maturity experience, get the focus on, you know, who I am and get the people that could give, again, going back to that intimacy, the people that I could actually trust. Yeah. Because I was in that relationship, not because I was related to them, you know? And so, wow. and again, I can't, I cannot emphasize enough because um, most of my mentors I met in the workplace. Mm. So I can't emphasize enough creating a mentally healthy workplace. Mm. That's so important. Right. And it's almost as like you're giving your own little group, right. When you work, so that can help as well. And so, yeah, so getting out on my own and all that other stuff and being able to really celebrate who I am and have people go, Oh, Hey, oh, you, you're going to, you're going to speak today. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> really? really? And, and you hear me? All right. And so, so I think this, a lot of these other things was very, very purposeful and therapeutic. And this was once I was put in the environment where I could celebrate who I was, mm -hmm. then I could connect with other people who I, the way I was. <sighs> and that was so liberating. That is so good.
Um, okay, so mine was 97. So I'm going higher. It was 77 for the first one. Um, and it's interesting because I think during COVID, I'm, I don't know. I used to think that I was an extrovert or, you know, this isn't really about being an extrovert or introvert necessarily, but I used to enjoy going out and spending more time with people. And then when COVID hit, it wasn't that I was fearful or anything. It's just that I got used to being alone. And Grace, you know, you know, with, we both traveled together a couple of times and spoke together. And when you're just traveling for years out of your life, and you're just constantly you're you're speaking with groups of people every single day and i think that took its toll a little bit so when i was by myself i really liked it and i haven't really come back out of that yet so it's interesting michelle when you said that you you know you you've got this small circle of friends and you're not sure you think you're okay with it like i'm okay with it like just being home more and not just doing a lot of social things but according to this, it's probably holding me back. And I think that's probably true. So I think it's something that that I need to work on. And some of the things, um, can you all think of any one thing like I, I'm going to to make a concerted effort, family too, you know, whether it's family, friends, work connections, whether it's virtual, if that's sometimes the best way, you know, and I'm going to make a concerted effort effort to do that, to spend more time with girlfriends that are local and really just because I know I enjoy it when I'm there, but it's just, ugh, you know, the dragging out. Can you all think of anything else that you did to, I think you covered it, but to develop your social self? Well, Making it a daily priority, not daily. just, oh, when are we going to get together? Daily. So a daily priority of connecting to somebody. Daily? But we need to normalize it. <laughs> okay. I'll write that down. Gracie says daily. daily. Well, and again, in the workplace, if you have a team that you see even virtually yeah. every day. Yeah. Now, I mean, this is mean we need we should be besties with everybody we work with, but is yeah. there one person? All right, I'll work on that. Anything else, Michelle? I think that, you know. Tell me what you guys just had said already. I mean, I am working three days a week right now in person in the office, and I really enjoy that. I think that was one of the things that I discovered through COVID. You and I had talked. I thought I would love being home five days a week because I do have more of that introvert, kind of need that time to refuel personality. And I did not. You know, I, I don't really desire to be at home five days a week doing telehealth or talking to someone on a computer. I would rather be in person with people. So I think that was mm. eye-opening and has made me kind of expand that area. We did talk about that. I forgot because it was surprising to us. We sort of had like the the reverse. Um, and the things that are recommended here, again, you can read the whole article. Um and some of this, by the way, they still have on their website and it's it's more COVID related, but it still applies. Um, there were five things. One was continue to learn about healthy connections. The second is practice, ma maintain a practice of reaching out to others. Doesn't say daily, but Gracie said daily. So, okay. Um, <laughs> um, use tools like Zoom if if to connect with people who might not be close to you. 
um, make use of self-help materials, classes, resources online. And then, you know, counseling might help you if you are struggling in some of your relationships in that social world. And so, I think like those suggestions, like the fact that there are, I mean, some face-to-face is important. Like emails can carry the wrong tone. Texts can carry the wrong tone, but yeah. doing Zooms, in-person meetings, things like that, I think are, right. are helpful. I think you're right. Yes. Okay. Well then we'll just end it up and say, like we always do, you know, um, like, download, follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, invite your friends to listen. We appreciate you so much that you, I mean, honor us with your time and remember the mental health resources that are in the show notes. So if you need help, reach out, call so many numbers, both in the YouTube um, link and in the show notes that you can access there. It's, it's all in there. If you're a woman and you're not part of our Facebook group, then join that. The link for that is in the show notes. Our bios are in the show notes. If you want to get in touch with any of us and I think that's it. So let's do it. Somebody else start it. I can't. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll do it. And until we're together next time, can consider, consider yourself, yourself hard. Hard. <laughs>